0: turns and hands it off to LaFrance he breaks the tackle he'll get to the 10-5 to the end zone touchdown Ottawa that'll do it for the Edmund and Eskimos 2016
1: disappointing for sure Um, you know, haven't haven't felt this way since two years ago. And uh, you know, the reality is that in our league, there's nine teams, and, and eight teams finish this way. Eight teams have to feel their season come to an end without a championship, and one gets to hold up that trophy. And you know, this year we're not that team, so that's disappointing. There's no question about it. Um, you know, but I'm proud of our guys, man. I'm proud of how we fought till the very end. I'm proud of all the stuff that we went through this season, and and still got to where we did. We know we fell short, but. Um, you know, again, that's that's the way it goes sometimes.
0: That was the last day of 2016. Today is the first day of 2017. Good afternoon everybody from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. My name is Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. It's not June yet, day, but football is back. Uh, Eskimos had their first practice of training camp today, medicals and physicals yesterday, and uh, on the field today for
2: the first day. Obviously a big uh, big air of excitement around here. It's, uh, it's close enough to June, so we can just say it's pretty much June. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a long off season in, in football, and it has has to be long, you know, that long, because it's a physical and it's a brutal game. But you know, when uh, when you see day one here on the field, the players working out, going through their drills, doing the offense, defense drills, doing whatever. I mean, it's just nice to see football back here on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium.
0: It is indeed, and the Eskimos, of course, will be here uh, for the next couple of weeks, preparing for the first preseason game, which will go June 11th here on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium against the Calgary Stampeders. A mere four days later, uh, they will be in Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers in the second preseason game. So, uh, lots of time before the games, and then the games come in the blink of an eye, and then some afterwards before they start the regular season uh, June 24th, that's correct in Vancouver against the BC Lions, so uh, we're going to have lots of information for you today, we uh, hopefully are going to talk with uh, Brock Sunderland, with head coach uh, Jason Moss uh, some of the players as well, in fact I see Brock Sunderland walking over here right now, so uh, he will uh, start things off uh, with us here uh, this afternoon uh, as the Eskimos uh, open up uh, training camp here on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium and uh, as we say, sliding in beside us is uh, the new Vice President of Football Operations and General Manager, uh, Brock Sunderland. Uh, Hi, Brock. Thanks for coming over. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, Hey, it's the first day. It's always great on the first day, is it
3: not? Finally good to have football back out there.
0: Absolutely. It sure is. Uh, Give me your take on the last month and a half. Uh, Since, uh, what was it, April 20-something, you were uh, named to the position.
3: I imagine it's just been a whirlwind for you. It has been, but for for all the right reasons. And as I kept saying, everybody here in the organization has made the transition uh, extremely smooth. and did you get everything that you thought you needed to get done in that time time frame to get everybody in and get everything in place for today? Yeah, I went, like I said, it went very smooth, and we're happy with what the roster is and who we have here right now. Uh, coaching staff was intact, so very happy with what's on the field and where we're at right now. You talk about the uh, about the roster. You have made some additions to that in the
0: last couple of days. You had a busy stretch uh, Friday night and and into Saturday with some pretty key additions, especially uh, I, I think Forrest Hightower was a was absolutely a key addition and. Everyone talks about that defensive backfield from last year and how it needed some upgrades, and he's a pretty good upgrade.
3: Yeah, well, he's a great player. I mean, I think the reason that a lot of people in Ottawa have rings are because of how he played towards the end of the season, in particular in the Grey Cup. So I'm very familiar with Forrest. I know him both as a person and a player. Um, he can play every spot on, on the defensive backfield, including free safety, which he did in 15 for one game. He can play Sam if needed, and he can play both halfback, both cornerback spots. So he's very versatile and very talented, so and we're happy to get him. That's today's CFL
0: player, right? you got to be able to play more than one position,
3: right? you got to be able to be useful wherever you're needed on the field. The more you can do, or if you can only do
2: one thing, you better be damn good at it. Uh, when you look at this roster, how much roster flexibility and how much racial flexibility do you see on the, on this roster right now? Well, it's day one. That'll be determined. We'll have to see how guys play and where they're at after we get into a week or
3: so, and in particular after the first preseason game. So, you know, right now what we have is linebacker, free safety, our positions that we're, we've lined up roster-wise to be Canadian positions, the interior offense of the offensive line, and uh, several of the receiver positions. So that's what we're thinking going into it. But... And that'll play itself out.
2: You know, the way training camp is, is structured for the Eskimos, you know, you got two weeks. Two weeks today is your first preseason game. So you got a lot of time to evaluate before – that game, and you got a mock game coming up on Friday, so that maybe gives you the first real indication at close to game speed as possible what you have. But you know you got a long wait before that first game, and then bang, the second game you know hits you right in the face there, and you got to cut down uh, to 65 after that. So speak to like how you manage things. You know the first two weeks, and then that last week is just a is just
3: a blur. Well, the reality is you kind of know who your key guys are going to be, so. You're not looking at the entire 86 that we have right now going who's going to be or who isn't. We have a pretty good idea of who the incumbents are and who's going to be there. So there's position battles, and I'm not going to get into detail about that. But yeah. there are certain areas where we're looking at a little closer. So it's a little bit more of a, a more tunnel vision view than panoramic uh, than people would think. So we'll nail it down, and we have ideas where we're going to have some position battles.
0: I know you... Uh, you- teams go into camp and they're they're thinking about when they want to make certain moves with the roster and everything. How does having two preseason games with just three days in between affect that? Does Because you got to have enough healthy bodies to play the next game after the first game. Does it maybe
3: slow the process down a bit? It's not ideal, but you know what? Other teams have to do it as well, so we'll, we'll do what we can and we'll work around it and just make sure that we take care of ourselves. And again, that second preseason game, you have a pretty good idea of who your main roster is going to be and we'll let the guys with us some position battles get the crux of the reps at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned your happy with the roster? Do you think things will be calm for for a few days
3: anyway, as far as even even bringing guys in, or or moves that will be made? Well, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be determined uh, day-to-day with practice-to-practice, and injuries may come into play, so it's going to be determined every day. So, can't say that we won't or that we will. We're going to base it. We're going to go watch the film right now and see if there's anyone that's really out of place, then we may make some moves, and if they're not, then we'll be good with what we have.
0: Uh, We mentioned uh, you were busy the last couple of days signing some players. Uh, Arjun Colhoun has uh, uh, has come in second-round pick last year. Any kind of uh, update on Nate Bahar and and his status, uh, first-round pick from this year? No updates at this time. Okay, so uh, we're all on a waiting pattern then, a holding pattern. Uh, I guess that's that. I, you obviously you negotiated contracts uh, a little in uh, in Ottawa, I assume. So that's uh, one of the
3: most important jobs and probably toughest jobs: uh, deal with agents and deal with players and get them in here. It can be at times. And look, agents have a job to do. The first job I had in football was working with an agent, so I, I respect that they have a job to do. It's not easy for what they do. The player wants what he can get, and from our perspective, we have to do what's smart economically for the organization. So there's a lot of moving parts. I'll just say this. We've made him multiple offers above market value. I love Nate as a person. I love him as a football player, and I hope at some point he wants to come join us. He's always welcome. All right. Uh, Brock, uh, how's, it, uh, how's it feel being in green and gold instead of black and red? It feels great. These are <laughs> colors that I grew up in in Great Falls, Montana at CMR, so I'm used to them. I've still got some of them from, from back in the day, and uh, it feels very natural, and it feels like a good fit. Excellent. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it, Brock. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. That is uh, Brock's under. On- and Eskimos uh, vice president
0: of football and uh, general manager. And uh, not his first day in the job, but his first day in the job uh, as training camp begins uh, today. Uh, Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more as uh, we talk to you from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium on day one of Eskimos training camp. We're back at the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Morley Scott along with uh, Dave Campbell. Pleased to be joined at our location here down at uh, field level by the uh, head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, Jason Moss. Hey, Jason, how are you? Great. Thanks uh, for having me.
4: First day of training camp
0: is always an exciting day. You won the first battle, which was the weather. Great day today.
4: Yeah, no, the weather's fantastic, and it's kind of the way you want to start camp. But either way, we we play games in really bad weather, so uh, the faster we yeah. get used to thats I'm, I'm happy always. Uh, tell me, uh, do, do
0: you get initial thoughts from day one? Is it too early to talk? about what you see in in day one Uh, of training camp? It probably
4: is, but I mean, competition's the biggest thing. I mean, guys coming out here, flying around, doing all that. uh, Early in camp, you know, guys are going to be thinking a little bit more than they will be 10 days from now uh, when we get everything in, so obviously everyone's going to be playing a little slower, making more mistakes, but uh, the speed of what we do everything is what I was looking for, and competition is what I was looking for, and at the end of the day, how they treat each other is also part of it, and I thought we accomplished all three of those things.
3: Tell
0: me about your roster and what you think about uh, where you stand now, and especially some of the guys that you've added in the off season.
4: Well, I mean, I think uh, ultimately, on I'll say at start on offense, um, you know, with Durrell Walker's absence, you know, having Videl Hazleton and Brian Mitchell come in and compete uh, for that spot with a couple guys behind him and Harris and Jarvis Turner and things like that. Uh, I think we're, we've are we got a lot of guys in camp that are going to compete for a couple spots. Obviously, Brandon Zilser wasn't out here today. Uh, Brian Mitchell was taking hit some of his reps, uh, but we got, you know, Larry Cobb and uh, Duke Williams in there to compete as well. Um, and then we got a few different returner style guy, kind of guys in there that you notice are a little bit smaller in stature, uh, more like the returners that are in this league uh dominating it as returners so you, know, you got van lear you got Cass white and you got daniel jones as, as a smaller stature kind of guys but uh you know to the mix you still got the older guys still have a darius out here uh you know um uh, getty uh natay and uh anthony barrett so and Corey watson so we still got a little bit of mix of everybody uh competing obviously in the running backs positions you got perkins um Oh uh, Shoot. Uh, Van, you got a lot of guys. So, Kendall Lawrence. Kendall Lawrence, yeah. And then, yeah. obviously, our starter still incumbent uh, is John. But yeah. tackle positions, you know, for on our offensive line right now, you know, with uh, Colin Kelly coming in here to compete with Figs and uh, Tony Washington's been big. You got J.S. Waugh, who's coming in as a draft pick with Kobine Asari, you know, doing that thing, uh, competing. But, you know, we still got Gru. We still got Beard. We still got, you know, Sim. And we're we've got a lot of competition on offense. It's been very good. Quarterback position. You know, with Mike being the incumbent, and then you got James Franklin, and then you've got uh, Danny O'Brien and... Uh, uh Frickin Brett, Smith. Brett Smith. There you go. 86 names. There's a lot of guys. <laughs> there's only 85 uh, names you have to remember, but No, so there, there's plenty of guys on offense. It's a lot of competition. On defense, obviously, the D line, we've changed our ratio quite a bit. Uh, going with the Americans that are coming in. So obviously, with Euclid Cummins, Daquan Bowers, uh, Ike Igbonason, uh, we got your Akeem Yates is new. Um, so you got some different guys. Uh, Mike Moore, who we signed that was in Ottawa last year. Um, you know, there's there's Quite a few newness to to that side. Then you got our Mark Mackey and Boatang competing with Ellie uh, as our Canadians. You still have the older guys on the outside with Hunt and Odell and Howard. So we still have quite a few. You know, young with the new kind of thing, and, and competition is really what we're looking for in camp. And then, um, obviously, linebackers. You know, you got J.C. and Corey are kind of the younger guy or the older guys holding down the fort with uh, competing against Manning and uh, Bullet. And um, you know, then on the other side we got all our Canadians, and we've got quite a few of them. So, and uh, you know, you, we brought in Corey Greenwood um, to compete. Uh, We'll have him compete with Blair Smith, Konar. we we got Malumba. You know, I mean, there's quite a few guys. I'm trying to think. Blair Smith, you know, uh, DJ Lalama was here. So we have... Plenty of competition around our roster, and then DB's wise, shoot, I mean, there's quite a few of them that are new competing against our older guys. Um, you know, our, our free safeties we've got five of them in camp. You know, with Arjun coming in as a, as a draft pick from last year, uh, competing with uh, shoot, uh, you got Lou, you got Woodman, you got King, um, you got our draft pick from this year, so I mean, you've got Hoover, you so you got competition everywhere, and that's kind of what we're looking yeah, for. That's what today. you need. That's what you want, right? You Absolutely. Yeah. So I just went through our, pretty much our whole roster with you. So
2: <laughs> There it is. 80, <laughs> 85 players right there,
4: folks. <laughs> your memory retention skills are pretty good, Jay. Yeah.
2: Uh, I want to ask you about it. I asked Brock Sunderland from the GM perspective on just how training camp is structured as far as where your preseason games are. Two weeks today is your preseason opener against the Calgary Stampeders here on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Then you got three days in between, then you're in Winnipeg mm. playing your final game. you only got one practice full practice in between those two games. So you got a two-week break, got a mock game coming up on Friday, then you got a full week to prepare. What's it going to be like from a coach perspective to prepare for game one and then all of a sudden game two is like right around the corner?
4: Well, I mean, the bottom line is we have 17 practices before we play our first game. So every situation, um, everything that you need to, to be able to understand how to play this game, we're going to have gone through every scenario possible before we play our first one. First one, most of the starters are going to play are the guys we have thought of as being our starters this year. Obviously, competition's part of the whole ordeal and and camp, but those guys are going to be playing the brunt of that first game. Mm -hmm. The second game, with little rest and really that practice in between is not much of a practice. It's more to shore up some things Mm -hmm. from that game. Um, the second game is battling. It's guys that are on the bubble that need to battle. You know, we're traveling to Winnipeg, which puts a whole nother. you don't usually travel the same day and play in yeah. professional football. So we're doing that. Um, and and so that lends itself to some older veterans probably not going just because of that. Uh, so I've told those guys already, in 17 practice in the first game, if you can't make our club, I wouldn't be waiting to that second game, bottom line. So um, our second game is close enough to the first first regular season game that I'm not too excited about playing our starter guys or our guys that we believe are going to be our starters yeah. a whole lot anyways because the bumps and bruises and that ankle sprain or something like that that can keep you out of the next game I don't really want that so you're kind
0: of flipping that around from years past it's traditionally like yeah. usually the guys who are battling play the first game and the starters
4: get the second game and so obviously because of the closeness yeah, that's it's because it's so close yeah. I mean, it's four days in between so yeah. I mean we like I said the biggest thing is we have 17 practices before we play our first right. game yeah. so our starters are going to Get a ton of work in. Um, you know they're still going to get you know reps and everything dur- during that second practice or that one practice in between the games. But again, um, you know I know I realize we only have 75 guys on our roster, 85 guys on our roster throughout the whole camp. Um, but like I said, there's there'll be a few names or many names that probably don't even whether they make the trip or not, they probably aren't playing a whole lot in that mm-hmm. game if any.
2: Uh, tell me about what the offseason was like for you, especially with the GM change and bringing Brock Sunderland in and. You were pretty busy trying to rally the team and making making sure that you stay on – You know, what the goal is on the field. What was the offseason
4: like for you? Um, You know, the beginning of it was a lot like every other offseason, I think, for coaches that don't have any turnover on staff. So, December, I didn't really have to do much. You know, it was relaxing. January, you know, kind of getting back in the swing of things, starting to think about free agency, understanding which players we wanted to keep and all that. Um, Obviously, free agency came and went. You know, some guys left, some guys we signed. Uh, We were excited about where our team was at that point. And then uh, obviously then at that point you're looking at the draft or you're looking at the combine coming up and thinking about which players are going to help make an impact on your team as Canadians. Um, The biggest difference in this offseason compared to most is the guy that you're usually making all those decisions with and you're planning the whole season with is the guy that's in camp right now with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So all those thoughts, all those visions, all those talks you had for three and a half months are kind of thrown in a flux when you make a big change at GM Late in a, in a off season, so you know you got to get right on the same page with the, the incumbent guy. And at first, we weren't sure when that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So there was some you know dealings with Paul. And trust me, I had a big learning curve in about a week to figure out, yeah. hey, if we don't hire a GM and it's Paul and I who are going to be responsible for salary cap, for freaking uh, more of a GM style hat, you yeah. know that you're talking with, and there, we're going to be worried about the roster, we're going to be worried about a whole bunch of other things I've never had to worry about. And in one year of being a head coach probably shouldn't have to worry about but uh you know for the sake of the organization the help of the organization the health of it you know obviously that was that was the biggest challenge of the offseason that probably that week and a half or two weeks in between ed being gone and let go and brock being hired was figuring out uh what we had what we needed to accomplish and how we needed to keep the boat afloat Um, but once brock was hired it was a pretty seamless transition. Mm-hmm. Obviously, having known Brock in, in the previous year and having a relationship with him already, thinking like-minded, understanding our, our roster pretty quickly, having our mini camp done, um, you know, doing the draft, having that process with Rob, you know, it was pretty a seamless transition from there. The biggest challenge is a lot of the guys that are here are brought in by a different regime and you know, it's Brock's looking at them for the first time uh, through a GM's eye and really, you know, a guy that makes a lot of decisions. So that's, what's unique about this training camp. I've tried to tell our guys from day one, you would have been judged whether it was Ed here or Brock's here. The GM's going to judge every single one of you. They all love you when they bring you in, but ultimately they still have to make tough decisions to keep you here through a, through a course of a camp. So, bottom line is the difference between Brock and Ed would be is Brock's making a first impression of you when you get here. So, don't make a bad first impression. So, right. do your job. Work extremely hard. Being Eskimo means treat people well on and off the field. Work your butt off and fit in. Um, you're brought here because we knew you could play. But part of fitting in and part of competition is what we get to see. And ultimately the best guys are going to play. And, and Brock's going to have a plan and has a plan um, already formulated. It's just a matter of watching these guys play and seeing how they fit with our systems and, and ultimately, you know, making some tough decisions possibly at the end of camp, but only for the best interest of our football club. And again, these decisions maybe that he would have made at that point would have been made earlier in the offseason, but that's not kind of yeah. what, what uh, where, where we're at right now.
0: So. All right. Excellent rundown, Jason. Uh, thanks very much. Appreciate your time. Uh, good luck. Enjoy the rest of training camp. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks a lot. No All problem. right. Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. Uh, we got more coming up after we head to the newsroom. We'll be back after the news to talk more football. Mike Riley and I believe Odell Willis are going to join us uh, after the news break. I'm Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. We'll talk to you in a few minutes' time.
4: I would like to welcome Brock Sunderland as our new GM and Vice President of Football Operations of the Edmonton Eskimo Football Club.
3: I think it's a very talented team. I think everything's in place here to be as successful as any team in the league right now. I think there's, when you go across positions, there's not any real glaring weaknesses, so it's exciting. It's fun to step into that and, and hit the ground running. That
0: was about a month ago or so when uh, Brock Sunderland was named uh, the new general manager of the Edmonton Eskimos. He's been busy since then, but the uh, pieces are in place and training. training. Training camp is underway. Morley Scott along with uh, Dave Campbell at the Brickfield Commonwealth Stadium. The Eskimos have just finished their first practice of training camp and uh, Mike Riley wanted to sit down, so he sat down and we put a headset on him. So uh, no rest for you, Mike. Uh, How are you? I'm great, man. Look at this weather. I mean, I got nothing to complain about. Yeah, we're saying to Jason, you won the first battle of camp. Uh, The weather's (laughs) fine to start with. Yeah, I was here for QB school a couple
1: days ago on Wednesday, I think it was, and I was like, I'm pretty happy we're not outside right (laughs) now. Three weeks ago, there
0: was snow on the ground, my friend. Yeah, uh, Four weeks ago, I guess it was. We're just not going to
1: talk about it, though,
0: and we're just going to hope it stays this way. (laughs) Yes. uh, Well, let's hope we're still playing when there's snow, right? Well, that's that's that's, true. That's That's true. true. Uh, I talked to you uh, last week, and you talked a lot about, you know, comparing day one last year to what you wanted to see day one this year uh you felt you wanted to be more crisp and more on the same page and more ready to go and tell me about how it worked out yeah i think um for day one uh speaking from our first group um
1: you know, because those are our veterans that, that have been in this system. Um, I thought they did a really nice job. I thought that uh, mentally they were they were tuned in. Um, we operate a lot different than pretty much any other offense that most of these guys have ever been around. Uh, so for the young guys coming up, it's a bit of a shock to see how we operate through the no-huddle system, and they're going to get better over time. Uh, but in terms of what I wanted to see was I wanted our veterans to come in and, and try to pick up right where we left off, and I think uh, today was the first step in the right direction for that. I think guys were flying around. Uh, I, I see any mental busts out of our first group, and, um, you know, they're keyed in. So, you know, we got a long way to go throughout camp, and there's a lot of changes from last year that our guys continue to, to need to learn and, and study. Uh, but for day one, I thought it was very successful.
0: Good example, I guess, fitting in to be, you look back to last year, and Vidal Hazleton was around, didn't play, but was around and got to practice, and I imagine that's helping him so much as he hits camp this yeah, year. Yeah, no
1: question. We have, obviously, a couple of spots um, that are going to be different at the wide receiver position. they were last year, a couple of big spots to fill, excuse me, and um, you know, we know that we have guys that are capable of that because we saw them practice last year, but um, it's a a little bit different deal when you actually get your opportunity uh, to take over the job to be the guy, Um, and I think all of our guys that have you know, been given that opportunity so far, um, are doing a nice job with that. You know, I think Vidal had a very good practice. I think Bryant had a great practice. Um, Brandon is looking really good uh, mentally. He, he's very sharp. Uh, we all know what he can do physically. So, um, you know, it's it's exciting to watch those young guys get their opportunity because you think back as a veteran and think back to the time when when you couldn't wait to finally get your chance and uh, you know they're finally getting there. So it's uh, you know it's exciting to see that finally get your chance and then J.C. Sherrod
0: intercepts you. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
5: he does. Yes. Oh, oh man, it's really
1: you too soon. You can't blame the quarterback when when he's too <laughs> short to see. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I had the final laugh in that game. Yes, you did. But he had the first one. Yes, yeah. he, he reminds me of that often. Yeah, you know, so, I bet he
2: does. Yes. I bet he does. I want to bring up uh, the absence of Darrell Walker, which is you know right now glaring, and. A lot of a lot of pundits that watch the Eskimos are, you know, some of them are predicting the demise of this offense, which is I find funny. Um, now I'm going to bring a stat up, Hey-o, which is uh, shocking to it. you, okay, I know. Hey, <laughs> <It didn't laughs> it take you know, long, eh? <laughs> Darius Bowman, Darrell Walker, combined for the. It's the best production out of a duo in CFL history. I think it was 3,310 yards. But could that production be spread out? Oh, yeah. You know, Durrell Walker had over 1,500 yards receiving. Yeah. AD had over 17. Could that production be spread out? There's no question about it. I mean, the ball gets thrown to the space that's open. Yeah. And,
1: uh, you know, we design plays you know, based on people's strengths. So mm-hmm. obviously it's not like we're just going to drop back and throw yeah. the ball to Adarius Darius no matter what's happening. We're going to design some plays that are going to get him open. We're also going to have other plays that we designed to get Darrell open, and that's why he got the ball so much, you know. But other guys are going to step in to that role. Um, and, and they're going to be very good at certain things. Some of them be similar to what Darrell was good at mm-hmm. and they're going to have weaknesses that Darrell didn't have. They're going to have strengths that Darrell didn't have and so we're going to evaluate that. That's what this camp is about. It's figuring out where guys fit in the best um, and the reality is that you can't take them all away. That's the beauty of this offense and this system is that if the quarterback's doing his job uh, doing it properly, if I'm going through my reads and doing it properly right. um, the ball's going to get completed I and mean, I don't care who you have out there as long as they're running the right route. You can't cover them all Mm -hmm. and um, you know obviously Darrell's physicality was something that we took advantage of Um, but again the guys that are stepping in and getting the opportunity uh, they have some some pretty good strengths of their own so yeah, yeah, we may design things a little bit different but it's not to to say, oh, we can't throw the ball to that position anymore. It's to, to do whatever is going to be best suited to their strengths. So, um, you know, that's fine, though. we we got a long way to go. There's no doubt. And if people, uh, you know, want to look past, uh, you know, our abilities, uh,
0: that is just fine by <laughs> So Wes is going to be tough this year, eh? I mean, oh, yeah. that's, it's easy to say. i saying it for the last few years. But, I mean, the teams that were near the bottom maybe two, three years ago are all getting better. And, I mean, it's a toss-up, really. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, the West is always tough. Um, you know, I said this in the offseason, though, you, you obviously can't look past the East. Uh, we, we got beaten in the East, and that ended our season last year, and, and the East won the Grey yeah. Cup. So, um, but it is a bit of a grind in the West. You know, I think there's no Western team that goes into the playoffs feeling great health wise because they've been beat up on each other. Um, You know, I've never played in the East from for an Eastern team. So I I don't really want to like trash what they go through because I don't really know. Um, But, but I do know speaking from the West perspective, the West is very difficult. And um, yeah, there's a lot of parity. at the end of the day. If you're not getting better than you were the year before, you're not making the playoffs. You know, you can't just stay stagnant and be just the same as you were the year before because everybody else is getting better every single year. So, um, you know, the teams that, that adapt to that and, uh, and improve the most are the teams that make it in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that's obviously our goal is, is to lead the West, um, but we know that we, that's a heck of a challenge. Um, so
0: we got a lot of work to do between now and then. Uh, we were talking with Jason Moss earlier, and he kind of said it's the when the Vets play this year. It's kind of getting flipped around, it sounds like. Like most of the Vets are going to play in that first game, and because of the closeness of the games, get get, yeah. uh, get, get the second game off right. for the most part. Does that change your approach to anything? Is no, you,
1: is- I mean, honestly, you know, I, I try, you know, I say this all the time. I think any, any quarterback that uh, is media savvy is going to tell you that we all prepare as if we're the starter for every single game. Um, it, you guys all know that's bull. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the preseason, um, you know, but uh, but there's a bigger picture that you look at, right? And it's not the preseason that you're sitting there as a veteran going, um, you know, oh shoot, uh, this is this is the great Cup. You're trying to do whatever it takes to get necessary to uh, be prepared to play an 18 game season, win your division, and win the great Cup. And so, you know, we our coach staff does a great job of having their schedules out and understanding um, what. What they think is best for us. Now, our job as players is to do what we're told and to come out every single day and work as hard as we possibly can. And I think that's where it comes you know, you prepare as if you're the starter every time because you come out here and you're always trying to get the most out of every day of practice. And now, whether you're told you're going to play a lot in the first game or the second preseason game or whatever you figure out what the staff wants you to do and if they tell me to play you know a ton in the first game uh and none in the second or vice versa i'm going to be ready to go and i'm going to trust in them that they know what's best for us to get ready for that first regular season game but our schedule is a little interesting we have a long training camp before we play our first one and then you know like three days in between or whatever it is before the second one and it's on the road you fly out that morning you play that night you fly back that night it's not like a normal road trip Um, so our coaching staff has done a great job of understanding that and trying to figure out how to work around that.
0: This It's a great position for a team to be in and there's a couple of teams particularly the teams that went probably to the conference finals last year Uh, uh, I know it's the case in Calgary for sure but you're a good team everybody knows you're a good team Uh, and all it's almost like nothing matters to you get to the playoffs. Is it is it difficult to you know, because you're going to prove your you're going to prove yourself come playoff time. Is it difficult? Not, I don't know what the words I'm looking for. are Difficult to get through the regular season to make sure that you're yeah. ready when well, everyone's going to say, okay, now yeah, we'll see know, what the Eskimos. Are I know what of.
1: you're saying. I mean, but it's it's to me it's nothing. It's not like the NBA where we all waste uh, you know 82 games of regular season plus however many playoffs yeah. just to watch the Cavs LeBron and right you know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's like I don't care yeah. what happens in the regular season. <laughs> Football to me is a totally different game yeah. because uh, there's a couple of things. Um, you know. It's very difficult if you start out of the gate slow. And and we were in that situation last year. And we've had prior to that a couple of years where we came out pretty fast. And and that certainly makes the rest of the season a lot easier. So uh, the beginning of the season has a lot of importance. Um, And obviously the end of the season does too because you want to be playing great football uh, and have that momentum going into the playoffs. Um, And the middle part is really where Uh, You can either separate yourself from the pack or you get dragged back into it. You know, if you start out hot like you want to and you in the middle doesn't go that great. Now you're in a dogfight towards the end again. Um, If you start out hot and you you're hot in the middle now, you know, you've separated yourself from the pack a little bit. It makes the end of the season a a little bit easier. And then if you if you start out poorly, you're in a dogfight for 12 weeks after that. And that's that's not a good position to be in. So um, I do think football more than really any other sport. The entire season is incredibly important Um, Um, You know, and in terms of training camp and the preseason, it's important for the vets to get ready to come out and play well from day one. Uh, But it's important for the staff, uh, the front office, coaches, everybody to be able to evaluate the new guys because because we need some new pieces. Every team does every year. You have to replace a few. And so this is a big couple of weeks to find out who those pieces are going to be.
0: There's probably a cold tub in there waiting for you.
1: Uh, or is it too a, early?
0: I think it, there's probably a it's steam lineup, room
1: maybe. Sign up yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I need the cold tub yet today. I did take some good five-step drops, but I, I <laughs> might wait
0: another couple days. So Th- thanks for your time, Mike. I as always, appreciate it. Always appreciate it. Thanks, definitely. Mike. Great stuff. That is Eskimo quarterback uh, Mike Riley uh, joining us here. We're on the brick field at Commonwealth uh, Stadium. Morley Scott, along with uh, Dave Campbell, and uh, we're. It was nice. It was a nice, uh, it was a, nice uh, a, a smattering of uh, of fans out today to watch the first practice. Uh, the diehards are out here and, of course, practices are open uh, throughout uh, training camp. Joining us now is Eskimos uh, VP of Marketing and Communications Rose Phillip. Hey, Rose. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Uh, we want to talk about next Saturday, uh, which is Fandy. First off, practices all week are open, right? You and, got it. We want fans. Uh, and things have changed the last couple of years, so what's the best way for a fan to get into Commonwealth Stadium now to watch practice?
3: Park in any of the rec center lots. It's completely free. Follow the signs to the team store and we'll get you to the field.
0: There you go. Ask at the team store and Uh, and then come in and watch. Uh, And they are open all week long, but especially open on Saturday uh, when it's fan day. And you're taking kind of a different twist this year. It's actually going to be here at Commonwealth.
3: It's going to be here at Commonwealth and right on field level. So for the first time in as long as I can remember for sure, we're bringing fans right to field level. So they're going to hear every inch of practice.
0: Excellent. Sounds great. And uh, it's one to four. One to four. And it's more than football, though, right?
3: Yeah, we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to have inflatables for the kids. We're going to have a beer garden for the first time in a while. Tonight. a DJ.
0: Perfect. Sounds like a great way to spend the day. Yeah. Now, uh, whether I, I looked at the long range, looks like it's going to cooperate for the most part. So, Let's,
3: I'm, I'm going to go ahead and have you guarantee it's going right, to be nice. All right, I'll
0: guarantee it's going to be nice. How's that? Uh, and uh, 1 to 4, autograph session at 3 o'clock right after you, practice.
3: Got it. You can meet the entire team one-on-one.
0: Excellent. That uh, sounds terrific and uh, no ticket necessary. Just show up, right? Just show up. Great stuff. Rose, thanks for your time. Appreciate it.
3: Thank you. All right, we're
0: going to take a break and then uh, very talk to a very patient man. Sean White has been standing here uh, staring at us, waiting to come on, and we will uh, talk to him uh, when we return. We're on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. It's the first day of Eskimos uh, training camp on the field and uh, we'll talk to Eskimo kicker Sean White when we return on 6.30 Chet. We're back on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium. Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell and uh, Eskimo kicker Sean White uh, joins us now at our location here uh, in back of the end zone by the dressing room. First day of practice today uh, for the Eskimos. Uh, Sean, how's it it feel to be back?
5: Really good. Uh, It's a a long off season and it's uh, Practicing on the field by yourself isn't the same being out here with the boys and having fun again, and back in the element. And it's it's a kind of a year of change for you. Let's let's start with field goals. You're
0: going to get a new holder this year for starters with uh, Jordan Lynch retiring. Uh, what's that
5: process like? Well, you can't replace the Jordan Lynch. He's a great guy to have in the locker room. Great guy to work with every day. He's just a very funny individual. That one and. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, he's you're going from something that was so perfect uh, with Kinger and him and that transition there, and uh, now you got to try out these new bodies and hopefully someone can do it. And like I was telling you earlier, these guys are kind of scared at the, with this. And you know, uh, you'd think a quarterback handling a ball all the time, they'd they'd be they'd be good at it right away. But uh, just like anything, they need reps, and we're working at it, and we're we're starting slow today with Danny O'Brien, and he seems like he can he's good at it, and uh, we'll just keep working with that, we just start slow and uh, by, by the time the season hits, we'll be in a good rhythm. Snapping to, uh,
0: to pinning to kicking, it's really a three-man job. Yeah. You get the credit. You get the percentage by your name yeah.
5: uh, and everything, but it's uh, you don't do it by yourself. Yeah, and I also I got to take the blame, too. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I'll say that. <laughs> you do get the blame, too. Yeah, it's a, it's something. It it looks simple, but it's really not. And like I was telling you, it's the holders and the snappers, they get nervous, too, when it comes down to a game winner. And something so simple we do all the time, uh, it can go wrong very fast. Is there another adjustment in, in how you manage your leg uh, when you're not
2: when you're not in your drills? You know, because I, I see you you know, and you and when Grant Shaw was here, you know,
5: you would you would kick on the sidelines and that sort of thing.
2: Mm. Do you have to manage your leg now
5: when you're when you're not out there doing a drill? Yeah, of course. And and also I'm getting older, so uh, I did train a lot differently this year because uh, I got a punt as well. And yeah. I'm kicking a lot, uh, but the the coaching staff did bring in a junior kicker in here so uh, he can take some stress off my leg. But right now, I'm just trying to find my rhythm and on the sideline, yeah, I got to just stay loose because it's tough. We get out here, oh, I was out here about 45 minutes early before practice to get some reps, get warm. Um, and then now that the offense, defense comes out. Now I'm standing around for a long time until it's my, my chance to kick again. So it's like warm-up, cool-down, warm-up, cool-down, it's really tough on my body. People yeah. think, oh, you can kick all day. You're a kicker. I'm like, okay, well, tell a pitcher in baseball to just keep throwing all day. You get a yeah. pitch count. Yeah. I, could, I only have so many kicks in my leg. But this coaching staff is great for that, and they, they just said, if your leg's sore, stop. That's it. It's a long season, too. So uh, we're well aware. They have a pitch count on me. So after a few, they're just going to tell me to shut it down. And, but once I, I'm in a good rhythm, I just stop.
2: wonder what it was like uh, today compared to a year ago, Sean, the, the looks on the guys' faces, the players' faces. Uh, new coaching staff last year, this year the same coaching staff.
5: Yeah. But was it night and day? Oh, yeah. And, like, even our, our meetings last night, they're crisp, and now they're they're more assertive. I think last year they came in here um, not wanting to change much and uh, m- m- letting the players go out and play. And uh, now that they know the systems, everyone's comfortable with one another, now it's getting more even more detailed to what we need to do. Um, we have a lot of veteran guys in the room that know what to do. So even punt today, we're, we're doing stuff – that we didn't even touch until preseason games mm-hmm. so now we got, we're putting these things in first day we got we got a lot of movement and a lot of things going on and it's a lot of fun and I even said that to, to Dave Jackson today I'm like man we look like we're a veteran group out there and for the most part we are there's only a few new faces but we got Andrew Liu out there I played with him in Montreal Yeah, very smart guy he's going to jump in there and just take over and it's 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 fun to see and it's uh, we're pretty crisp and I think we're gonna be a really really good team. Most people
0: when they get new responsibilities piled them on on them at work complain about it. I imagine that's not the case for you adding the punting duties to what you do. Well no, I get more money.
5: <laughs> do you? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're yeah, right. Not much. The punch get, bonus. definitely not much. <laughs> uh, no, I like it. I, I grew up. I wasn't a kicker growing up. I played every sport growing up. I was a rugby player, soccer, hockey, tennis, baseball, golf, all that stuff. So I like to do it all. I want to be that guy in rugby. I chose to be the kicker because I just wanted to kick. I wanted to be the guy. The, the pressure was on me to make that game winner. So... Uh punting, I felt like even last year, some days I only get one field goal in a game. Mm-hmm. That game against Saskatchewan was ridiculous. I didn't get one kick until I have to hit a 53-yard game-tying <laughs> field goal at the end. I was like, man, I wish I had a few punts in the game. Like, at least get me on the field. And I like that. But uh, I know if some of the coaches, uh, I can't remember his name, but one coach came up. He's like, I'll give you 500 bucks American if you can stay above 90% field goal kicking because I'm punting too. He thinks They think it's going to yeah. affect me. I don't think it'll affect me. I think it'll get me into a game. Um, if anything, yeah, it might tire me out, but again, these coaches are good with monitoring my leg and allowing me to rest. Alright, uh, last one for
0: you before we let you go, and, and I appreciate you waiting around. You didn't hang around a long got time to talk with us. Uh, <laughs> um, you had a, a very interesting off-season. Uh, yeah. I, I know I saw you at the, at the World Men's Curling Championships, but uh, you learned to fly, or continued to learn to fly, yeah. and, and you took the next uh, the next step, and really got back at it.
5: Yeah, it was fun. I was flying like every day, but uh, the weather in BC wasn't wasn't very good, so I had a lot of flights canceled. But I've got all my hours done uh, to get my private license. I've done all my ground school hours. Now I just gotta pretty much do the flight test and and write the exam. So uh, I've already signed up. Well, I haven't signed up. I'm, I've got an idea of what I want to do. I'm gonna go to Edmonton Flying Club in uh, Parkland there, uh, and just continue with my training in, there. And I hopefully can get my private done in the next. Well, two months. Once the season gets started, I'll I'll get back into it and I'll take you guys up. I would love that, actually. Sweet. I would love that. I'm in. Um, do I
0: have to sign a waiver? <laughs> Are you going to fly the Charger plane, too? Yeah. yeah. What, what kind of what well, kind I plane t- is it?
5: I told Tony Washington that I was going to actually, it was in my contract to, to fly the team to, to our away games. <laughs> <laughs> should have seen his face. He's like, oh, hell no. He's like, I'm not getting on that plane. <laughs> uh,
0: there's, a, there's a legendary play-by-play man for the medicine Hat Tigers who also drives the bus. Oh, so, yeah? Uh, yeah, a guy's got to double up sometimes, <laughs> for right.
5: sure. All right, sounds What kind of plane is it? What kind of plane do you fly? I'm uh, a Cessna 172, but once I get my license, I'll start getting my float float license. I want to get done. I got to get my mountain flying. You got to start getting all these instrument things, all sorts of licenses, and just uh, start picking away at getting my commercial license and. the good thing about football is I'm done at 1:30 every day and I can fly for the rest of the day and also pays the bills to do it. So
0: excellent. Excellent. Between, uh, before all that happens, field goals and punts though, for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, Sean, thanks very much. Appreciate your time. Welcome back. Yeah. Thank Look, you. Looking thanks, forward to Sean. another great yeah. year. That's uh, Eskimo kicker, Sean. White. we're pretty much, uh, pretty much out of time here today. We don't have uh, much left. Uh, but, uh, I guess we should remind people. First and foremost, we're going to be uh, looks like we're going to be on the air again for uh, for Fan Day, which is on uh, on Saturday, right here at Commonwealth. So please come out for that. Uh, and as Rose was telling us earlier, you're going to get right down on field level, and you're going to uh, you're going to get to hear it, you're going to get to smell it, right down at field level, which will be uh, terrific. And uh, first preseason game, June 11th, right here, Commonwealth Stadium. Sorry, Eddie. We're out of time. Uh, we're out of time. A Darius Bowman dropped by. Blame, blame your quarterback. Maybe the worst <laughs> worst guy to run out of time for is a Darius <laughs> I'm Bowman. I'm here, bro. We'll be here tomorrow. Uh, all right. We'll see you later. We'll get you on Fan Day next week. <laughs> uh, all right. First uh, guest out of the shoot. And now that will make us officially out of time. Uh, Dave, we'll uh, see you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. All right. Good. That's it from uh, from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Day one of Eskimos training camp is in the book. Uh, more at 630Chet.com and, of course, more throughout uh, uh, training camp as well right here on the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos, 630 Chet.